Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey, mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Con Ganas podcast, I'm interviewing Viviana Soto, podcaster of Life Whispers podcast and self-improvement junkie. Welcome, Viviana, back to our podcast. <laughs> Obsessed with that introduction. So true. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege. Thank you so much. It's so cool. Well, we did, so Mamacita, we did this same mirror episode in Spanish. So if you love the messages and the talk that we're going to have today, and you want to share it with somebody that doesn't speak English, make sure to share them, uh, to, to share the episode 189, which is, which is a Spanish version of this same talk with your friends and family. And I, we all, you know, we had different people already reach back and tell me that they loved our conversation last time. So, but before we go into the topic, the self-improvement topic of the day, Viviana, let us know where you come from and where you are. <laughs> yes. Bueno, first of all, I'm going to give a shout out to Valentina because the fact that she does these episodes in two languages is admirable. So everyone that's listening that speaks English, you guys are so lucky to have a host that will accommodate all episodes in English or try at least. Um, you're, you're amazing. So my name is Viviana Soto and I'm from San Juan, Puerto Rico, currently live in Dorado, which is a little beach town in the north part of the islands. And I'm a podcaster too. I do this kind of as a passion project, um, but we have a lot of things in common, Valentina and I. Our podcasts oh, yeah. are pretty similar, that we love sharing personal development, just ways that we can all be better, you know, one interview at a time or one resource at a time. So that's a little bit about me. Yes, that's super cool because when I came across Viviana's podcast, The Life, Whisper, Life Whispers, I was like, oh my gosh, it's another Latina that loves to share these really cool stories. And she's also, I'm a self-improvement junkie myself. <laughs> That's what like, you know, she described herself as that in the Spanish episode. So I'm like, I'm going to add that to her description. Because, Loved it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we were saying that like, it's really cool when you, when you actually start in your journey of self-development, because I think your, our lives change. And when we are faced with difficult situations we never look at those like difficult situations in the same manner right than we used to before stepping into self-improvement yeah 100 and and podcasting in general i feel like i talked about this recently to someone that you know when you are doing a podcast you need to come up with stories and you need to inspire people in different ways so the when you go through an adversity a challenge or a difficult situation the first thing that you come up with is I need to talk about this. I want to share this with people. So you just look at it from like a different light. It's like a lot more optimistic. And I kind of encourage everyone to do the same. I feel like, you know, life is about sharing stories and being inspired by stories. So whenever we're going through something shitty, yeah. <laughs> um, look at it as something inspiring that you can, you know, share with others. Yeah. And that we can grow from. Absolutely. And it's interesting how this podcast episode like theme came about because Viviana and I had been wanting to do a collaboration for like it's been a long time it's been a long time <laughs> this is a long time coming and it's very interesting the way it sort of occurred um, because so Viviana has another thing in common with me and I shared because when she started sharing it on social media I was like oh my gosh I thought I was the only person with this problem, the only person that had this issue. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the subject and what you're going through right now. But when she was talking to me about it, I started DMing her like, 
girl, I've been there, done that. Like, I know exactly what you're going through, how frustrating it can be. And like, you know, I gave her some tips on things that have helped me like through my journey and in, in, in what we're going to talk about. Tell them a little bit about, about your experience right now, what we were discussing and yeah. And what's happening. Yeah, for sure. So I felt the exact same way. And that's the power of social media. Social media definitely has a lot of, you know, things that aren't that good for us or can, you know, add a little bit more of a toxicity to our lives, but it definitely has an incredible power to connect people and connect their stories and their journeys. I have had a hoarse voice for as far as I can remember. And as I've been challenged, like facing this challenge of, you know, losing my voice more often than I used to when I was a kid, I've learned that it's kind of like a genetic thing. My dad is super, has a super raspy voice. My uncle, you can barely understand him. And so, you know, I didn't think this was something that I was born with until I've been doing the work and looking back and seeing uh, people in my family. But since I was a little kid, I've always loved being an entertainer, uh, being the center of attention, being super loud. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a very extrovert. Um, I love sharing with people and screaming and just having that impact. And unfortunately, my voice suffers 100% when I kind of... Um, when I channel this personality, right? And so when I was around 12 years old, my doctor told me, uh, well, Valentina and I talked about this in the previous episode. So if you ever go to the ENT, which hopefully you don't, but if you have, um, they put this long stick, I don't know what it's called, um, but it's like a kind of a flexible, like yeah, stick, it's like a scope. Like a scope, yeah. And it's super skinny and like thin and they just, put it up your nose. It goes all the way down to your throat uh, and they check your vocal cords and how everything's looking in your neck. And they always told me by the time you're 23, you're going to lose your voice. Obviously at that moment, I remember the day they told me, and I always remember the age because it marked me, but obviously I was a kid. My priorities were so different than what they are now. And I ignored it. And they told me to go to speech therapy, but speech therapy is super boring. And it's hard when you're doing speech therapy to think that that's actually doing something for you because they'll make you do like weird sounds or weird breathings. And you're like, I don't know how this is going to help me. So I ended up quitting therapy. I think I tried it once or twice after the first time I did it. And fast forward, I'm currently 31. I'll be 32 in two weeks. And my voice is, is, has gotten a lot worse. And so back then they only did like that, whatever it's called, stick situation. <laughs> um, but they told me like, they never really knew what the problem was. And so it's getting so bad. Like before I used to go to concerts and lose my voice, or I would go clubbing and lose my voice. And now I'm losing my voice for no apparent reason. Like maybe I cheered too much in a tennis game or maybe I spoke a little loud over dinner at a restaurant and I lose my voice completely and I'm starting to get a little frustrated because you know our voice Valentina and I share this you know common passion where our voice is the channel for for our passions for our identity who we love being in this world I love communicating I'm not only a podcaster I work in sales and marketing, so I'm constantly, you know, visiting clients, having phone calls, meetings, a meeting with my team. And if I don't have a voice, I lose my personality and I lose who I am and, and what I love to do. So it started becoming this issue of I need to do something about it because I can't bear the thought of not doing what I love. And so I actually got checked. And because the first thing we all want to do is recur to medicine and surgery. And can you do something quick to fix this problem? And when I went to the doctor, they did this. It was, I don't know if it's non-invasive. They do go in and they do sleep you, but it's like an ambulatory uh, procedure. So I was out and about around six hours later. Um, but they told me that there was no solution for my problem. And that was a very hard pill to swallow. It, it was very, very frustrating to, you know, realize that I can't podcast if I don't have a voice. I can't socialize the way I love socializing without a voice. And 
something that we did in the last podcast was kind of make this relevant to you guys. And it doesn't matter what problem you you're going through. I feel like the moment that you realize that something so essential to your personality and to your authenticity is in jeopardy, um, it's very frustrating. So I really felt like defeated. And then that's where the process began. So I'll let you, Valentina, continue. But yeah, well, the that's thing kind is, of a little bit of the story. Yeah. So she told me her story and I have a very similar background in a little bit. I mean, I, I don't think I it was an issue when I was growing up. It was not an issue, but it started becoming an issue when I graduated from college and my first job was as a telemarketer. And I had to make like, what, 150 calls in a day. And it actually was a numbers game. So the more calls I would make, the better. So it was a, a moment in my life where all of a sudden I had to spend all day talking. And it was strange because I would notice that all the other telemarketers, nobody else had a problem with their voice. But I started having a problem with mine. And in the beginning, I was losing my voice sporadically, right? Like every several weeks and something, something like that. And then all of a sudden... It became every week. By the end of the week, I was hoarse. And then I would come back on Monday with a voice again. And as the time progressed, it got to a point after a year working there where I would come in on a Monday and by Monday night, I had no voice. And it's, it's the most frustrating thing. And I remember it's going horrible. horrible. I went to an ENT doctor and he said, um, you know, what are you a tele? He's like, you're either one of two things. You're either a teacher or a telemarketer. And I was like, what? I'm like, well, we don't call ourselves telemarketers where, where we work, but that's essentially what we do. And he's like, yeah, if you don't quit your job, you're going to lose your voice forever. And it was like, like you said, it's something that's very difficult to hear. Yeah. And when you're faced with something that if you, you know, when you're faced with having to make changes in your life, and if you don't make those changes, it's going to cause like some irreparable damage or pain or like it, it's either like the risk of losing something or the risk of it's either losing something or causing this pain that you feel like you can't get over then sometimes it's like the one moment where we're like pushed against the wall like we're between the wall and the sword and it's like what are you gonna do like you have no choice and the only choice is change and so we started talking about how it's crazy about how everybody in life experiences this a little bit differently Maybe it just so happens that Viviana and I experienced it with our voice because, you know, after I found this out, obviously I had to make a lot of changes. First of all, I had to quit my job. Um, so I had to do that. I started going to a therapist. Then my voice problem came back several years later when I got a divorce because I was going through something so stressful that sometimes I would just say one line or I would scream out one word and then all of a sudden, like, hoarse, like, Horse where I, I felt like I couldn't talk or I would go out one night. Like you say, I would go out clubbing one night and the next day, like no voice. And then people start commenting. Oh, well, wow. Está muy ronca. Like you're very hoarse. And, you know, you, I don't know you, if it happens to you whenever I call or like call centers or whatever. They're like, oh, I feel better. I hope you get better soon. And I'm like, absolutely perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Because my voice is so bad. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it like, well, I used to, I think I was permanently hoarse, well, hoarse for two years, like during that my entire divorce, I was hoarse. And then now I go, I'll go through episodes where all of a sudden I'll know that my voice will go into a lot of misuse because then I'll start getting like, my voice will become very raspy again. I have sort of a raspiness to it, but when mm -hmm. I go back into like my old habits, it'll like literally creep back in. Right. So it's like something that I've kind of come to terms that it has, it's something that I tengo que cuidar de por vida. So it's something that I have to take care of for the rest of my life. And if I yeah. don't implement certain, let's say certain habits that give my voice respect, then I could also potentially lose my voice. So now I'm like, I just make it like a priority. Okay, I have to, I like I've realized there are certain things that I cannot do whether I want to or not. And that's hard, right? That's what we were talking yeah. about in the Spanish episode that when we're sort of forced to make a change and this can happen, like, listen, like we want you guys, like Viviana said, to sort of think about something in your life where you might be facing that's very unpleasant and you realize, shit, if I keep on going in this manner, it's going to take me down a road where I'm really going to be regretful in the future. And, and it's interesting because after we did the episode in Spanish, I was thinking about another thing that happened to me last year where, <laughs> you know, you get blood work when you go to the doctor or whatever. Everything has always come out perfect, normal, whatever. 
Last year, for the first time ever, the doctor sat me down and said, you have high cholesterol. And of course, I like freaked out because I'm like, wait a minute, I eat healthy. Like I, I thought I was eating healthy. Like I'm, you know, I'm not overweight. Like what's going on? I mean, you know, and my dad, you know, has high cholesterol too. So it does run in the family. Sort of like how you said that, you know, the hoarseness mm -hmm. also runs in your family. But it was like, it was for me, it was unacceptable. Like I heard that you have high cholesterol and I was like, uh-uh. And I started making changes immediately. You know, like, y por supuesto, then my mom would come and say, es porque te gustan los croissants en la mañana. You know? Of course. <laughs> I started eliminating, like, because I, I, you know, I, my philosophy with food has always been, like, more of a French philosophy, meaning, like, everything in moderation. I don't like these extreme diets. I like to exercise because I like to, I like to eat nice foods, right? So when I just have to eliminate completely something for me it's like i don't like it it doesn't oh, it doesn't kind of fit my part of literally my french including the croissants <laughs> yes exactly but i had to eliminate my beautiful croissants for a while and it was really cool because months later like my my doctor made me take the test over again and i realized oh my gosh my cholesterol went back to normal so you realize like okay i was i was able to do it and it was sort of like what i needed to hear in order to make the change. Because if somebody would have just said, hey, you're eating a couple too many croissants, I might have not necessarily reacted <laughs> the way that I did. I, I started being way more intentional with what I was feeding myself because yeah. I, came, I came to a, a something that brought me pain and brought me like, uh-uh, this is not the way that I want to live my life. So yeah. I know you were mentioning, um, and I, you know, share with us what you were sharing with us in the, in the Spanish episode too, that this can also have the different ways that this can show up for other people. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like once it happened to me, and I actually have a really good example. I don't know if I had done this interview before I spoke to you in the Spanish episode, but it was an impressive kind of conversation that I had with this guest. His name is Rick Yarush, Yarush. And he was a military, he was in the military and basically he was driving his vehicle in Afghanistan and it exploded. He completely burned and he had, like he basically was going to die, but he felt like someone pushed him aside of the road and he fell in like a little riachuelo, like a little canal. And thanks to that, he ended up surviving. And before he joined the army, he had like such a lack of passion and he ended up going to the army because he thought that was going to give him like a purpose. And after this happened to him, it destroyed his life. He has no ears, no nose. And he basically doesn't have arms, one leg amputated. Um, and after this, he just confronted this new world. And he says, this is the best thing that ever happened to him. And sometimes we really are in situations where we are so hurt and we're taken away from what we really want. And sometimes we do what you did with your cholesterol or what Rick did with his story. But most of the times we just find excuses. We assume a victim mentality because it's what's comfortable. So oh, in the last time, you know, and that story, like as soon as I have it, Valentina, I'm going to share with you so you can share it with your people because such an impactful episode and it just reminds you of we don't need to get to points where life literally changes dramatically to to make changes right and obviously his story was completely different it had nothing to do with it it was just an accident but I have a friend and she loves to play tennis and she lately she's in a tennis league and she's she plays really well like extremely well but she's gained so much weight. And so she didn't mind. She played, gained weight, played, gained weight. She's gotten to a point where she's getting so many issues in her body, whether it's her elbows, her shoulders, her knees, facitis plantar, like she has so many different issues. And it's getting to a point where it's taking a toll on her and she can no longer play the way she, she wanted to. Or the same thing happens with people that Like you have credit cards, right? And you, well, I have a $20,000 credit limit. I have so much uh, space to continue purchasing. I'm not worried. Uh, and then you just keep putting money in the card, putting money in the card. And you know, you've already went a little too far, but you're like, it's fine. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And you just keep going until you go so hard in debt 
that you cannot deal with the stress, the anxiety, and then you have to make some crazy budget cuts. And this, like, we wanted to create all these examples to let you know, because for, of course, the voice is an issue for us because we connect with the passion of communicating. But what is the passion that you have? And what are the signs that you are ignoring that are eventually going to slap you in the face and force you to change? Why do we have to always get to the point where we have to be forced to make a change, right? Why do we have to get to the high cholesterol? Why do we have to get to the painful knees? Why do we have to get to the hoarse voice to actually change something in our lives? So those are a little bit of the examples that we shared last time. Uh, but if you look in your life, all you have to do is find what you're being deficient in, what is causing you pain. Uh, because I also did an episode about efficiency and we were talking about how we're so obsessed with productivity. And I'm like, you wouldn't be upset that you're too productive unless you're being deficient in an area, like if, unless you have deficiency in an area. So you're being overly productive in I don't know, your your job, but then you're not sleeping or you're not taking care of your, your relationships. I think the best thing to know your parallel with our story is to see what areas of your life are hurting or are causing you discomfort and then ask yourself, how far do I have to go to actually start actioning this? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and it's interesting because I think what everybody battles with at the end of the day, myself included, is always trying to find that sweet balance among mm -hmm. all the different aspects of our lives, right? Like making sure that we give enough attention to our finances, making sure that we make give enough attention to our family and to our friends and to our work. And, you know, we have all these goals set out for ourselves, but trying to like come up with a way where we're not ignoring a specific aspect of our lives. And you, and you see that many times in some people that are very successful with their job, but they're, they have not such a good marriage because they've given all of their energy and their attention to um, their job. And so their marriage ends up suffering. And like, and like the phrase goes, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. And I think so like true. The, the, the sort of formula for finding that balance is, and I think one of the things that really helps me with this is like journaling, like knowing what I want for the different aspects of my life so that I have it front and center of my mind. And I know, okay, yeah. what are my goals? Not just in my career, because a lot of times we, we, we might think, you know, we might write our like economic goals or our career goals. And we don't really write like what our goals are for our personal life. And then for particularly with, with ambitious people, that part of the, of our life can suffer. So I think one of the things that helps me, I don't know about you, but is, is journaling and really being like, identifying what my, what, you know, what my ideal is for each area. Although I'm constantly, I guess, striving to correct course as I go along. Cause sometimes yeah. I'm definitely giving one, one aspect of my life more attention than the attention than the other. No, for sure. I think something interesting that I mentioned in the, in this episode about productivity that, that I just told you about is that we try to, when we think of balance, we think of balance in like a day sometimes like, oh, I need to do self-care in a day and I need to do fitness in a day and I need to be a good mom and be a good wife and friends. And you cannot fit balance in a day. It's impossible. <laughs> I think you can fit balance in a week. You can fit balance in a month. It, but striving for balance in a week, in a day is impossible. That's impossible. Yeah, especially when you sleep eight hours and you work eight hours and you commute four or three, hopefully or less than that. But you know what I mean? Like we put so much pressure on ourselves into what we have to do to actually achieve this balance and have it all figured out that we end up failing because there's no other way. If, if you try to balance it all, then some areas of your life sometimes need more attention than others. And you can't ignore that either. Like it's what we mentioned about deficiency. Like if you are deficient in one place, you have to fill the cup, you know, and while you're filling that cup, you can leave other cups aside because those were already filled, you know, and you focus where the deficiency is. Um, but I think it's super important whenever you're going through this situation, it's like clearly there's a deficiency. There's an issue with your finance, with your weight, with your health, with your voice, with your relationship, whatever it is. And it's like, okay, what is my plan of action for this deficiency? Yes. And then you, you take care of the rest. You still do it, but then you focus on making a difference where, where you feel the lack. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's like basically that area of your life that perhaps you have been ignoring. Like you said, it maybe you're <laughs> you're going into debt and you're just completely like, you know, pushing that off aside. Like the finances, it's like you don't even want to look at it because maybe you feel so overwhelmed by other other areas of your life that you're just like, I'll handle that later. And yeah. when we do that, it's like we're setting ourselves up for disaster. And I always say like those areas of our life that we want to ignore are precisely the areas of our lives that we need to take a closer look at. Yeah, because we don't want to ignore what's easy. We ignore what's hard. Yes, because maybe for you, like exercise comes easy, but the finances is hard. But then for another yeah. person, they're like, no, I got this abundance thing down. I'm yeah. super organized with my abundance. But when it comes to exercise, like I'm a total disaster. So it like we're all different and we all know where we tend to be stronger, you know, or more, let's say, or what comes easier and more natural to us. But it's those it's those areas of our life precisely that we want to ignore that we really need to think about taking a close look at and. And I think looking at ourselves in the mirror, like in an honest way, and when I mean, I don't mean just physically, I mean, really being honest with ourselves. Because I think a lot of times, like the, the whole part about, men, you know, excuses that you were saying, I think a lot of it has to do with like our, how it's easier to like lie to ourselves about what the real truth is. Yeah. 100%. And like coming, yeah. And like coming face to face with like our actual truth. Like mm -hmm. maybe the truth is I'm, I'm being completely, you know, ignorant and irresponsible with my finances, or I'm completely not taking care of my physical health whatsoever. So it's like, and sometimes saying that those things to ourselves and like realizing like where we like, for example, for the voice, it's like, I had to real, you know, come to be come to like, look at myself and go, yeah, I'm not taking care of this aspect of myself. And like, of course, I would get angry because I'm like, well, nobody else has this problem. Like, why am I the one with it with a voice issue? Yeah. But then I'm like, wait a minute, but am I making this a priority to like make my, am I making my voice a priority? Like I say it's important, but then I just went out last night. I had two drinks and I was screaming all, like I was partying and like dancing the night away. Like, was that really like what was helping my voice? Like, no. And then, yeah, you have to make sacrifices, which are usually the sacrifices that are difficult for us when we're confronted with these circumstances, right? It's like, oh, you mean I can't talk all the time when I go somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> and especially this part of like your identity and your personality. Like I was so caught up in the fact that like being loud and being the loudest voice in the room and extremely extroverted, that's who I am. So if I stop doing that, then I'm not being, you know, genuine or, or being my authentic self. And I, that's why you get depressed because like disconnecting from your identity and who you've been for your entire life is super hard. If you've never saved a dollar in your life, you bet your ass that it's going to be hard because that's not who you are, but this who you are and who you've designed to be yourself to be are two completely different things. Like we can all be whoever we want to be, but we've decided to be lazy. We've decided to prioritize something else. We've decided to spend on a whim and we go and we, we, we go to the store. We see something we like, we buy it. That happens to me. I haven't built the habit of saying no to food, to buying things. And we're creatures of habit. Everything we are today is completely a result of the habits that we've created since we were super young. And so whenever we, we get to this point, right, where we're like, this is so hard, this is so challenging, it's like, it's okay. We just have to start constructing new habits that are going to take us to be the person that addresses these issues. Yes, and I have to say, I think there's like good news to uncover here. And I think the good news is, is that our personalities, they're not fixed. And, you know, I, I guess this is one of the messages also here, because like Viviana said, like sometimes when you when you have your, the self image of yourself in a certain way and you've created that self image of being the extrovert and you're not who you are unless you're this. If you know if that's the self image you've created for yourself as human beings, we want to be congruent with the words that we're saying and the actions and that following our I am. So if you say to yourself, well, I am like um, I'm a I don't, let's say I'm, I'm a party animal. And then you're, if your words and your actions are not aligned with who you say you are, there's like the, this discomfort inside because you're feeling like, well, wait a minute, who am I? And that not knowing who you are causes a lot of just 
discomfort inside. So the good news is with all of this is that we're actually like our personalities are totally malleable. There's actually a really good book by Ben Hardy. I'm going to put the link on the show notes here, but I love it because I had never heard of the concept like that our personalities aren't fixed. Mm -hmm. And then when I discovered and I heard him say, no, no, your personality is not something fixed. It's something that you create and you can actually recreate it over and over. And you can make up your mind about some, you know, some other version of yourself and create a whole yeah. new future self and then have that new self image grow. And you can literally, I think we can all transform into different beings. I don't know about you, Viviana, but the, the woman I am right now is so different from the woman that I was 10 years ago because of 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, we, so when we think, oh no, it's like, this is the way we are. And that's the only way we are. It's we're basically, I think, limiting the possibilities that we have for ourselves 100%. Yeah. Cause our, you know, this happens, this happens a lot also on that weight loss, weight loss journey where you eventually end up like finding self-love with your current situation. That happened to me during my entire life. I was trying to lose weight and eventually you do find self-love and you look at yourself in the mirror. You like what you see, but at what point are you giving up? Forget I, what I would say was, but yo siempre sigo gordita. Like I'm, I've always been chubby, you know. So this is me. This is who I am. And in what, what many areas of your life are you becoming complacent? And it's good. We are encouraging self love in whatever shape or form or, or area of your life that you want to accept who you are today. But at what point are you creating your your identity based off of, you know, a, a discouragement that you've tried so hard and you can't be that person uh, because of difficulties or because of X, Y or Z of how you've been this person for so long? You know, and it's very sad how we give up on ourselves so often and we blame our identity and we blame our personality. So Absolutely. when you... When you talked about this a personality not being fixed, I was like, wow, if we realize that we can tomorrow become a new version of ourselves and change who we are, we could so easily do it. You know, yeah, I want to read the book really bad. Yes, that's really it's really good. Like for me, it was like, wow, you mean I can totally invent something completely new for myself. And I, I'm going to add something else because. You know, with transformation, obviously, like the whole journey of transformation is, is it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Like we know the steps we need to take in order to make the transformation happen. I don't think, you know, you know, <laughs> with the whole cholesterol thing, I knew the changes I had to make. It's just actually implementing them. Is it easy? Well, it depends on like what we're saying to ourselves also. If we're telling ourselves, okay, well, it has got to be done. It's going to be done. You can do it. It's going to be a lot, a lot easier than if we're telling ourselves, oh, this is impossible. No, this is it's too hard. Well, I can't possibly change the way I eat. Like the way we talk to ourselves is so important because it will either make the journey easier for us or it will make it harder. And mm -hmm. it's interesting how when we step into changing, And then to into like making the decision to change, right? We we know what we what we need to change. We know the steps that need to be taken, and then we actually decide to do it. Because I I feel like everything is a decision, and we know within ourselves when we're making a true decision. You know those moments when you're like, "Aquí está, decidido. It's decided. I'm doing this, and you go for it, and nothing can stop you." And then there's other moments where you're like, "Yeah, I think I want to, but no," and 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 then. You're kind of, it's like that wishy-washy decision that doesn't do anything. But when we actually like tell ourselves, no, no, this is not possible. I'm going to make a change for myself. It's going to happen. And then we actually step into that, I say, mature aspect of ourselves, right? Because now we're really focused on where we want to go, which I think is magic when we actually are laser focused on where we want to go. Then afterwards, we can look back after the transformation and go, wow. There were so many lessons to be learned from this difficult experience. Like I can say that one of the biggest things that I got from this was, you know, maybe I wasn't listening enough. Maybe I was always wanting to talk, 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 talk. And maybe what God was trying to teach me was listen more, talk less, listen more. Like, 100%. To, you know I can I mean? totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to be wise, shut up a little more, you know? And it's he like, <sighs> You know, como que el ego, lo, que, que, you know, the, the ego comes in and you're like, oh, because we never want to admit that 
that we might have not been as good of listeners, but then you're forced to listen. And then maybe you're, you realize that you're having deeper conversations than you've ever had before. I mean, you were telling us on the, um, tell them about you going to that, that wedding. Yes. You went, but you, you were, you came out with some really interesting, um, See, como takeaways. Como... Takeaways. Yeah. I definitely had like a moment. I think, you know, as I mentioned a few times already, like my personality in a wedding was always like the first one to go to the dance floor, the one to scream and, and shout all the songs. And like in this wedding that I went to recently, I tried to be more aware because I'm having this problem with my voice. I was like, I need to start making a change. So how can I do both? And so I was kind of like exploring whether my identity was truly affected by me making changes So I was on the dance floor and everyone was yelling and I caught myself yelling. And then I was like, wait, I don't need to yell. Like, how about you lip sync? And so I started like lip singing and like everybody was singing with me, even though the, like they, their voice was obviously coming out and mine wasn't. No one could tell. I, I felt super weird at the beginning because look, imagine looking at someone like, but nothing's coming out. It feels really weird. And I thought people were going to like notice, but they didn't notice at all. So I realized I could still emanate this energy and this authentic part of me that loves to dance and like express myself without having to, you know, go through that pain process that's going to affect me, you know, in the future. And at the same time, before I used to always want to have like the conversations in the dance floor next to the speakers. And what I did was whenever I wanted to have a conversation I would kind of bring people aside and I would like have a glass of water and, and have a conversation because I'm trying not to like drink as well. So I would just put like a lemon or a lime in the water and like, you know, trick myself into believing that I was having a drink. And I ended up having, you know, very meaningful conversations and connections with people that I had met that weekend or that I had bumped into after years of not seeing them. And I came back from that wedding and I was like, wow, like at the end of the day, all you have to do is find these little tweaks because we talked about this in the episode as well that you know we obviously want to channel the person we want to become in the future and we want to every decision we make we want to connect it to the future version of us and Valentina you, you talked a little bit about that so um, I'll give you the space to to say it but I also think there's like beauty in like the really really short-term goals of recognizing that what you do today is going to make what you do tomorrow easier and what you do the next day easier because it's all habit. So whenever you're like, oh, I have to make all these decisions and I, I want to lose 25 pounds or I want to, you know, pay off $50,000 in debt. It's like, let me just do one teeny tiny thing today and then we'll see if tomorrow it's easier. It might not. So maybe the day after tomorrow, but just focusing on those little fixes that you can do Even if you're not super consistent at the beginning, because I don't think I've been super consistent, um, but I've been more consistent than I used to be. So obviously you get really ambitious when you're trying to solve a problem and you're like, I'm going to never sing again. Yeah, you, of course you will. So it's like maybe one day a week you shut up or maybe, you know, and you keep adding and adding and eventually you'll create those new habits that will create your new identity that you might fall more in love with in the future. Yeah. And I, I want to say something here be also regarding like not giving up because I think a lot of times, and I think you, you said as well that when you've had an issue, you know, let's say like the weight issue, like somebody who's had problems with their weight and you've tried to solve it in all these different ways and you get to a point, sometimes people are like, oh, well, I just give up. But I think like we have to persist, like particularly with those things that are like, Even like they're important to us and that, that those things that are like the most difficult is where we need to even step closer and mm -hmm. take a look at and like literally be kind to ourselves. I think that's a part of self-love, like forgive ourselves. You know, if we if we if we had a day where we went back to eating the chocolate cake and just not not really caring about what we ate and then go back the next day with like compassion and self-love and saying, yeah, but I'm not going to give up. I might have had. Not such a good, healthy day yesterday, but today I wake up and I'm going to give myself the chance. Like I believe in myself and I believe that I'm, I'm, I'm making every day, I'm making progress to the person that I want to be, to the future self. And I love the concept of the future self because 
I find that's helping me right now a lot. It's stepping into like the next version of myself. I feel like there's always like an evolution of who we end up becoming, but like really thinking to ourselves, like, okay, who is it that I want to become? How would I see my future self? And like, what decisions would she be taking today? Like, what would my future self be doing? And in those moments where we might feel inclined to make the wrong decisions, if we keep our, again, when we keep our eye on the prize and like, but this is what I'm really striving for. This is who I really want to be. And even if we might not be feeling so disciplined at the moment or so, uh, let's say, so controlled, and, and and we're like wanting to step back into that antojo. How do you say that? A craving. Yes, yes. I was listening to the episode. I know I mentioned this in the Spanish episode where there's two types of desires. There's like an inauthentic desire, which are cravings. And then there's that authentic desire. So like for somebody who wants to be like, well, actually, I'll do it like in terms of like a personal thing. And then you could take it, mamacita, and think about it in your in whatever um, area you want to. But like in the moment where it's hard for me to sort of be quiet and I might be at a party, I might want to scream or I might want to uh, like abuse my voice in a way that I know is not going to serve me. I might have that craving or that that really quick desire because maybe it gives me a rush, right? Like, right. To sing and to dance and to connect. And then I, but that's like the, the inauthentic desire. Then the authentic desire is really, I want to have a healthy voice. And sometimes we get stuck in that like short term, which is cool because it kind of goes with what you said. Sometimes what we actually want is like that short term satisfaction. So if you kind of, if you can play with that in your mind and sort of trick your mind into saying, okay, you recognize, okay, this is like the desire, the craving that I'm having to like doing this right now. But let me take that one step that will make tomorrow easier. And so it's sort of that like short term action that you're going to take that in reality is going to fulfill that long-term goal mm -hmm. that you have set out for yourself. Yeah. And there's this thing about like having the evidence to motivate you to keep going. And the way to do that, to find the evidence is seeing little accomplishments and finding that you've actually accomplished something. So if you say, you know, tomorrow I'm going to have a healthy breakfast and the rest will leave it to what the day brings you'll see like you you just have to do breakfast. And once you do breakfast, you're like, I was able to do breakfast. So let me try lunch. And then once you do lunch, you're like, wow, I was able to do breakfast and lunch. Let me see if I can do dinner. And like with these little goals, you start building this like snowball of evidence. And in the future, you'll just tell yourself like, I can actually do anything. But obviously if you tell yourself today, oh, tomorrow I'm going to have like a hundred calories. You're not going to do that. Well, you should never have a hundred calories. But <laughs> of course, like if you put, set out these incredible goals, like it's going to be really hard because it's going to take you so long to see the evidence that supports that you can actually get it done that you're going to lose the motivation in the future and I want to say something about what you mentioned about giving up so my sister has a brand of swimsuits shout out Aragma Swim um, and she is a psychologist but she's also a fashion designer so she's always been like this is so hard like I have these two passions and I want to do both but obviously doing two careers is super hard and so she launched this line four years ago and she's thought of quitting so many times And we were, we were celebrating her fourth anniversary on Saturday. And I told her like, you know what? I'm so glad you've never quit. And she told me, I can't quit because if I quit, this is something that I'm so passionate about that I'm going to have to start again, you know? And like, it's so true. For example, Life Whispers. For me, it's like this passion for communicating and sharing life stories and bringing that you know, extroversion for my personality. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just going to quit. Like it gets hard. It's a lot of work. But once I stop, that passion is inside me. So maybe in a few months, I'm going to be like, hmm, so what do I do now? And then I have to start from scratch. So no, <laughs> it's better to like push through, take a break. If you need to take a break, do not start again. Like if you messed up and you cheated or you screamed at the wedding and you had the drink and you ate something that affects your cholesterol like it's fine like if you quit you're going to have to start from zero next time so it's better to just like start from two start from five start from ten then have to start 
all over again, which yeah, was I, a cool perspective. Oh my God. Yes. And the other thing, like, it's interesting. You mentioned like little things. It reminded me, have you ever heard of that speech? I think it was a college speech where the guy talks about like, make your bed. Oh yes. You don't so do anything good. else, but make your bed. Girl, I've been implementing that and it works. Like, like I have to say, I was like one of those people that would not make my bed every day. And then like recently this year, it's like really, it really bothers me when my bed is not made because there is such a sense of accomplishment without mm -hmm. one task that even if I do a million other things, but my bed doesn't get made, it's like, it's like a spina, like, like, a, like, a, like just, it just mm, rubs me the wrong way. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get such a satisfaction about it that I'm like, oh no, but I got to do it again. Right. But like, no, but like, and then I see my bed, I'm like, oh, I got to make my bed today. And then I make it, I'm like, oh, and it feels every, it makes everything feel good. But it's like those little things. Sometimes we think everything in like, is in the big accomplishment, but it really, it's in the small step towards our goal that makes all the difference, right? See that book, Atomic Habits, that's the whole thing about the book. It's like with Atomic Habits, you build massive habits. It's all a matter of like snowballing into it. So what little thing can I do tomorrow? And then just add one teeny tiny thing next week and one teeny tiny thing. But we're so addicted to seeing results immediately, which is the whole obsession with productivity and efficiency because we live in a world where progress happens so quickly that we want progress to happen so quickly. But habits do not build quickly. Everything you've become today is a result of years that you've been repeating the same behavior. So having that expectation of seeing the evidence so fast is so unrealistic, unrealistic, that honestly, like we're cheating ourselves. We're, you know, we're lying to ourselves. We have to fall in love with little progress because with that comes sustainable long-term progress. I believe that so much and we're so hard on ourselves I mean like again like oh I God. you know how I said like I'm a totally different woman right now than I was 10 years ago like sometimes we don't realize how much change we go through and like because if if like I think that like the Valentina two years ago if she saw where I am today she'd like be like good job like that's yeah. so awesome <laughs> but then sometimes I'm like super hard on myself because I'm on the next thing and I'm not giving myself enough grace sometimes and that's something that I that I have to constantly sort of check with myself. Like, am mm -hmm. I being loving enough towards myself as I go towards my goals, as I go, you know, towards my, my new transformation and the next new version of my, of myself, am I being like nice enough to myself, you know, in order to permit it to even come into my life quicker, because I do believe that if we are, on the, on the path to transformation, like the nicer we also are to ourselves, the quicker it comes to us because then it's we don't so have to true. spend so much time in self-loathing, you know? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Plus, when you put stress on yourself, like you put pressure on yourself, you release cortisol. And if you're on like a weight loss journey, for example, then what you're doing is just making it harder for yourself. Or if you're super anxious, be, like sometimes you don't get things done because you're just overstressed because of all the things you have to do. Instead of like relaxing, you know, stop being so hard on yourself and take one task at a time, then you'll be done quicker. I don't know if it's happened to you that you're multitasking and you can't get one task done. Yeah, because it's like you have to like come back. And and I, I would like to end this with saying that sometimes in life we don't realize how these things that we consider just like devastating usually, usually are not as devastating as we as we put them out to be like, they have solutions, right? Yeah. They have solutions. A lot, like most things in life have solution. And this, this past week, you know, we were going through something in my husband's family. He has a cousin that's we're praying for, like literally praying for, which I was, she's battling cancer, but like, it's, it's really tough. And he went to, to visit her this past weekend. We're hope, praying, like literally praying for a miracle. And when those things come it really puts into perspective everything else in our lives and personally it's been like a push and i and like a reminder to really enjoy every single moment of like our lives and even be grateful for all the things that we consider problems because we're able to like navigate the, through them it's like 
if those are going to be my problems, bienvenido sean, you know, literal, like I can, literal. I can solve them. I can, I can push through, you know, and I, but I, and I'm saying that because I feel like sometimes a lot of us we're like, we, we paint the end of the world with these things that really are not the end of the world. And so this is kind of like, it's for me, or not just for me, I think for a lot of people around me in my close circle, it's been like a, como un sacudido, you know, like a, like a sí. shaking. In a moment where it's like, okay, let's really put things into perspective and let's really like look at our lives with a much more like a lot more gratitude. And it sucks sometimes that we have to go through things that we that are really hard in order to really realize just how lucky we are just to be alive and to be, you know, and to be able to face the challenges that we have. Yeah, it's super true. And it's part of being human, I think. You know, we're we're always going to have these moments when rough things happen and when things are good, we're going to forget. And I think we have to put more of an effort to really, really remind ourselves every day instead of waiting for that moment. It's it's recognizing that we're here for a little bit and we can be and do whatever we want. And just being alive is a gift in itself. Viviana, thank you so much for having, I think we, wow, we like, we went, I mean, I know we started talking about like change, like changes, you know, when life pushes you to change and then we went into like, but I, because I think this subject is so encompassing. It really See. does. Wow. It, it brings up discipline. It brings up excuses. It brings up habits, habits, mm -hmm. all of these things. And I think it's, there's such important conversations to have. And I think the more we realize that we're kind of all struggling with the same thing, <laughs> literal, <laughs> that we can feel a little less alone in our journey, right? Because sometimes we feel like, oh my God, we feel like alone. So See, we I definitely are not. When you wrote to me that you were going through the same thing with my with the voice thing, that's such a random thing, especially coming from like another podcaster. I felt so, oh my God, because I know this is your passion. I know your career is in this. And it's like, I felt really, it felt really good knowing yeah. that. So yeah. hopefully people that are listening were able to relate at some point and know that Absolutely. we're here with them. <laughs> and if you want to comment on this episode, Mamacita, go to mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 190. Mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 190. Thank you, Viviana, again for being here with me. Besitos, mamacitas. Hasta la próxima. Besitos, hasta la próxima. Hey, it's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote. Don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos.